Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here with Rob Solari and Sin City Steve on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. And uh, this is uh, our little Thanksgiving special here uh, when this airs. I uh, hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we're just going to kind of uh, go over a couple things here, uh, you know, because it is Thanksgiving. Uh, the first thing we're going to look at is uh, everyone's uh, favorite wrestler or talent this year who has harvested the most. Uh, someone who has, uh, you know, going on to uh, do great things, better things, has grown this year. Uh, so, Sin City Steve, uh, who do you think has harvested the most this year? So, I'm going to start. I'm going to start this one off with a uh, an extremely hot take. Julia Hart. Um, and the reason, the reason why I say that is look at where she was a year ago. Uh, she was a cheerleader valeting Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, getting no reaction whatsoever to anything involving her character or her in-ring work. Um, a year has passed, and she has one of the best entrances in wrestling um, between the lights. The, the, um, the song is fucking awesome. Um, mm -hmm. just the overall, the overall package, uh, that they are building with her is awesome. And it, it's light years ahead of where she was just a year ago. Um, I mean, she's definitely hitting her stride only is continuing to get better. Um, and it, it, the media scrum after she won the TBS title at full gear, um, she stressed how important it was to actually learn from the people that are there that they should be learning from. So obviously I know that a lot of people um, have taken comments made by certain members of the AEW locker room as not, you know, seeking out advice from veterans. Um, she is at least one person that is, and it is definitely showing in her presentation and her work over the last year. And isn't it funny uh, when you look at it and you go, all right, NXT, Lexus King, yep. Julia Hart, she's doing good. And uh, ooh, Griff Garrison. Well, now he's pumping to, to gas be fair, right to be now. Fair, in the he was injured. To be fair, he was injured for a while. But yeah, I, I don't even think he's under a contract anymore. Pumping gas. I love it. At a Walmart? No, I'm sorry. Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Sam's Club. There even we go. Better. Sam's Club. All right, Rob, when you look at uh, this past year, who has harvested the most growth? Uh, I don't want to go for the easy, low-hanging fruit, but MJF. MJF okay. went from being not even a mid-carder. He was always the guy who was talked about being in contention for the belt. He's had it now for a year. He's transitioned from being a predictable heel to a character who acknowledges and breaks the fourth wall breaks through kayfabe and goes, I'm trying to be a better person. But he still manages to build catchphrases. I love the I'm your scumbag. He, he, he I, I, The stuff he does in the ring, which you don't see that often, the the uh, uh, sportsmanship, the little accents of things that he does in the ring that that is just comical, but he's still a physical specimen at the same time. Uh, you know, I, I don't like when there's an Adam Cole guy and I have to believe that he's beating the crap out of a Brian Cage. And I'm going, no, MJF looks the part. He has the old time stuff. I mean, 
we talk about Eli Drake, and Eli Drake has had not really a rise. Eli Drake is just being acknowledged for the work that he's been doing all along, whereas MJF grew and went to another plateau this year and, and really took the belt. He made it his own. I mean, think about it. This is the first custom belt we saw. This right. is the first time somebody did something where AEW goes, you're going to be our Stone Cold Austin, you know, fuck fear belt or spinner belt. We're going to give you a we're going to give you a lot. Well, they put a lot on his shoulders. They put the whole company on his back yep. and he's represented it well. And for what fans they have and for all the mistakes that have been made, you can't point to him. He's contributed and then some. And he's and he's learned. I think he was on a, a busted open once where he said, hey, wait a minute. I can get more leverage for my career if I spend more time focusing on my story and less in ring time. I don't have to do spot after spot after spot and put myself in the injury. And Bully Ray is somebody I remember. Said, oh, the boy's learning. And he did that. His matches, when you get a match at MJF, you're getting his best. I never really feel if you write a sloppy story leading up to it, that's one thing. But I never felt like he flubbed his way to where he is. He's earned it with every move and he and he's and he's been strategic about when he chooses to wrestle. But he shows up every week. My criticism of a Roman Reigns is you don't want to wrestle, fine. You want to rest, fine. But show up, cut a promo, do something, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Blanchard, who was the TNA uh, men's champion years ago, Tessa Blanchard, she didn't want to cut promos. And she's like, oh, it's a pandemic. I don't have to cut promos. No, fuck you, bitch. Cut a promo. We we put you over and we made you a men's champion and you're a woman and you did earn it to a degree. You, you got in there and she beat up Brian Cage. Again, Brian Cage is really squishy, but you... <laughs> He's really fucking squishy. He got beat up by a five-five woman. I don't care how Italian she is. Fuck out of here. But uh, then she decided, oh, I'm too good for this. And now she's working at a high school gym. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, he did the work. MGF did the work and put in the effort. Behind the scenes and in the, you know, everywhere. He's 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 a full, complete package. So, Crap. yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, the is is a very uh thorough uh you know look at him and a, and a very uh true look at what he's done uh i myself uh have to say that uh, the person for me who's harvested the most this year is uh dom dom uh, dominic mysterio has fucking done the impossible uh in my eyes and that has gone from this skinny fucking kid who just had nothing going except for his name to something that is just organically become the most just absolutely despised person in wrestling. And I think there's some wonderful factors to it. I think that putting Rhea Ripley with him uh, just it just makes people mad, you know, because everyone would like to be look with... good. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Like, who wouldn't want to be with Rhea, right? So, like, to have Dom and then, you know, just masterfully have him do things like listen, you know, when she whispers in his ear, you know, um, you know, the teardrop, the whole, you know, going back to the, to holiday season a year ago 
that whole breaking into Ray's house and having him arrested and him going to jail. I did hard time. He did hard time. <laughs> Which, you know, if you think about it, it should have been something that fucking tanked. It really should have not worked at all. But for whatever reason, he made it work. And that, you know, the, the teardrop tattoo, which I mean, <laughs> and then, and then drawing on um, the idea that Eddie is his dad by emulating a lot of Eddie's stuff. You, you just took someone and created this character that probably had one of the best WrestleMania entrances in the history of the fucking show mm. being led in by all those cops. Like he was Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I mean, just fucking brilliant. Um, you know, uh, you were able to take the NXT North American title and put it on your main program because of him. Uh, you have him down there working with guys who, he's going to be working with for years to come. Um, so it's just, it's very interesting to see the growth in someone that I thought, you know, you, you had to grow up and become a man because he just did not fit this. You know, he, he's what I think Nick Wayne is now is what I thought he was three years ago. And so we'll see. Uh, where Nick Wayne ends up in a couple of years. Um, okay, so Rob, who is the wrestler who themselves has the most to be thankful for? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I've been thinking about this one all day right now, and it it's tough right now, but I would have to say Cody Rhodes. Because mm. Cody Rhodes... Sure right now went from not being over in his own brand which was part of his own arrogance i think that he would not put other wrestlers over and he fucked himself royally and then decided oh i don't need a belt because i'm going to be holier than thou art and then pigeonholed himself into his corner where he was booed out of his own arenas and then he comes to wwe and it's like oh shit they like me let's see what i can do with this and he stayed likable he stayed yeah. humble he, he put himself in matches where he was getting the crap kicked out of him leading into it. And it was a little redundant with the storylines, but he made himself super over. And he keeps, I don't want to say reinventing himself, but he finds a way to keep adding steam into the balloon and keep it yeah. afloat. And, and that's a, that's a skill set. And it's also, maybe it's kayfabe, maybe it's not. But he's made himself established as a pillar in the company where he can get away with stuff or he can actually put people over, decide matches, cross lines, cross promotions. I mean, the the you know the promotion where he cut, where he just shows up at SmackDown and Nick Aldis goes, you need to leave now. And he goes, understood, sir. But there was an understanding there that this guy still has pull here. Yes. So I like what they've done with him. He had a second chance and... He has a title contention story that he didn't give himself. So now yeah. he, he can have this title story that his dad never got to have. And he gets to have it on the grandest stage of them all, which, again, respects to him. He he That was a gamble, by the way, of him leaving his safe place 
AEW was a safe place. He could have stayed there till his hair was gray. He didn't need to do, he didn't need to leave. Even if he was, he would have eventually found a way to get himself back into the limelight. And he could have always written a, you know, provision in there where he gets to, you know, wrestle for the belt again. But he took a big chance coming over to WWE. I don't like what they did to him in 39. But I that was more of a complaint and a, and a criticism of an injured and tired, overworked Roman Reigns than it was of Cody Rhodes. Um, 40 is going to be good for him. Even if he yeah. loses, it's going to be good for him because he has so much stock right now. And that's a great testament. He has so much to be thankful for. A lot of stuff fell into his up and after being injured because he injured himself right, in, right after coming back, ripped up his pack and still came back relevant. You know, uh, and it goes to show that uh, no other wrestler has really ever had an action figure made of an injury. And uh, that's how fucking relevant it was. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I have to say, let me uh, let me go really quick here um, for me. Uh, I have to say it's Tiffany Stratton. Uh, Tiffany could have easily gotten herself uh, really downplayed through the the dumb, uh, you know, blonde bimbo uh, persona, uh, the daddy's girl. Um, it, it looked like when she debuted that this was going to be a lot of trouble. Um, and um, being that she's an athlete, um, you know, you hope athletes do take to the ring. Um, but she showed that she's committed to it. Um, she has what it takes. She knows the character very well. Um, she has now held her own with Becky Lynch. Um, she has proved that she doesn't need the NXT women's title, which is always a good thing because, you know, frankly, when she comes up, you know, you're getting lost in a mix with uh, a lot of people on that main roster. And there's only two belts to be had. Um, so it's uh, it's very I think very much that she really is having the year of TIFF and uh, it's been it's been good for her. Uh, Steve, what about yourself? So the wrestler who has the most to be thankful for. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it. It's Roman Reigns. He's worked 11 matches in 2023, <laughs> less than 50 total appearances on TV. He's held the title for over a thousand days and worked less than one match per calendar month this year. <laughs> and you know what? He's making absolutely the most money of anybody in the company as well. Mm-hmm. Whenever anybody mentions anything about maximizing minutes, about being efficient, Roman Reigns has to be the prototype in that discussion. He's he's no literally he's, the other prototype, of course. Right. He's literally the LeBron James right now of WWE. I just oh, looked absolutely. up his net work uh, net worth. It's around twenty million. Absolutely. And he's only absolutely. ever done a movie cameo. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, as far as do putting in the work and doing all that stuff, I know that I give him a lot of shit, but I, if, if any of us had a contract like he does um, shit, yeah, best, best businessman in, in the entire business. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, and it also helps to be part of that family bloodline. Of course. So, uh, all right. So, uh, Rob, you know, Thanksgiving, 
always makes me think of the biggest turkeys of the year. Uh, do you have a couple turkeys uh, in mind this year? Uh, now, I was trying to I, – I messaged you on this one. Uh, you mean just yeah. like, like some people who just dropped the ball? Yeah. I mean, totally. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> Some some drop the balls. I mean, good lord, the, the guns. It's like again, you're just henchman one, henchman two. Uh, you're you're part of a an amazing fucking stable with a massive legacy, and y you come out with your fucking five head, receded ass hairline. And the other guy who tattooed his armpit for some unknown reason, I can't, I, I can't take my eyes off that. Why would you tattoo your armpit, you fucking weirdo? And and you get in there because your name is Guns, and it's the, the Bullet Club. And your guns. You know what? I'd rather see Dalton Castle's boys in there. I mean, it, it's there. There's a few things that have happened. Uh, that's a, it's a massive turkey throwing in random matches. Uh, 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 Air Fox, the other one. Uh, yeah, I'm a I, I could put on banger matches. So what's my gimmick? I, I dress in paramilitary clothes. Okay, and what does that mean? Nothing. What you dressed up in like fatigues? Like are you are you on a farm maybe? Or you maybe because you, you're kind of dressed up like a Brisco? No, no, no connection. <laughs> well, what? I don't understand. What is it like? An end of days type thing? Nope. Okay. And 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 then raw. Good old Monday night raw. Um, yeah, I, that's a fucking disaster. You got a bunch of women who get the choice of, you know, we get to decide who Rhea Ripley's gonna beat the shit out of in a pay-per-view. And and fairness to her that she doesn't need help on this because the whole fucking locker room of women on there sucks. So that's like that. There's a big turkey right there. It's a rancid turkey. You know, All I got right. a turkey downstairs that we're on ice because we defrosted it too soon. That's Raw's locker room. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Steve, you got some turkeys going. Got a few, man. Um, so first things first, <sighs> the Ric Flair signing. To a multi-year deal, I swear to God, if he wrestles another match, I might just have to take some time away from AEW. Keep it close, Rick. I'm not bullshitting at this point. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, the Outcast storyline. Wow, this was uh, a major swing and a miss that happened this year. You know, there was no real major conclusion to things. They just kind of dissolved the group randomly. Yet as of this past week or a couple of weeks ago, Soraya and Ruby Soho came out to the outcast entrance theme as if they were still a tag team. What the fuck ever. Did they um, have the spray cans? It, they didn't. So evidently that's the evolution in the gimmick is they're not doing the spray cans anymore. Whatever. Okay. Um, the misuse, spray cans. the misuse of powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow. Uh, and I guess you could throw in anybody else over 265 pounds in AEW. Um, Tony is able to book, uh, you know, cruisers and, you know, the, the undersized guys extremely well. There's no choke yet, in AEW. Yet it seems like as if he has a reverse Vince syndrome. He <laughs> is able to book the tiny guys, but he can't book the big guys. What the fuck? 
Um, and then, you know, I even threw in an event out of out, into this list because, well, I had to. And it's uh, AEW Double or Nothing 2023. I remember walking out of that show um, where the Four Pillars match was the main event. Um, mm-hmm. The advertised main event. The Anarchy in the Arena match was technically the, the main. It went on last. But um, that Four Pillars match as a world title, yeah, that was technically your main event. And you didn't do anything to build any of the other pillars to be legitimate threats for MJF. Yeah. When, when a show relies that much on one match, that match had better be good. That match dropped the ball. And if you go back and look at the rest of the matches on the card, minus the anarchy in the arena, it was a pretty fucking bad show. Hey, Jungle Boy buried himself in the desert. Yeah. That's how much he hated his career. Well, you know what? That leads to my turkeys. Uh, Jungle Boy, uh, definite turkey for wanting to go through real glass. And uh, his co-turkey is CM Punk for wanting to beat the shit out of him for wanting to go into real glass. Fuck Punk. You know, I I, I just, I don't get it. I still don't get it. Um, You know, it just, it made no sense. It makes everyone look like clowns. And uh, that was a turkey move. Uh, The Bucks to me are just big turkeys right now. Um, You know, just go away, which they will be. And we'll see what happens when they come back if uh, they're still, you know, plucking themselves. Um, I think Roman is a big fucking turkey in general in real life. So there you go. Uh, Edge has been a big fucking turkey in real life and as well as a fucking failure so far uh, in this signing. What has the guy done? Has he elevated your company? No, he looks like an old grizzly dude out there uh, hanging out with Uncle Creepy and Uncle Creepy's little boy. And, uh, <laughs> and those two are big turkeys to me, too. Uh, you know, but the biggest turkey of all is Tony Khan. Uh, you think you're the fucking greatest fucking company in the world, and you could be one of the best companies to have excuse me excuse me i'm actually one of the greatest and you're going to see in wembley to a ninety thousand people sold out arena that i really am the greatest producer and show ever and it was only fifteen thousand giveaways but this was still going to be the greatest show that you've ever seen and that will ever be produced ever again you're going to find out who exactly has the genetic jackhammer and the grapefruits i have the grapefruits and you're just a bald asshole Wait until we see Tony Khan get that first match in. That's what we're oh working God. towards. You oh know? God. Oh, you got to add him to the video game as a playable yeah. character. Fighting 99s overall. There you go. All right, everyone. That is uh, our little Thanksgiving special. Uh, we hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, tune in uh, if you're listening to this on Monday. Tune in tomorrow. We will be doing a November's to Remember special. Talking about some of the big events that have happened uh, in history of uh, over wrestling time uh, in November. So, uh Keep that in mind and tune in. And thanks for listening. Until next time, happy wrestling.
biggest bad boys of podcasting. <laughs>